The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Grab him by the pussy. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast, the bi-week edition. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. With me, as always, is the Access Hollywood bus driver, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not joining us this week is Brian Goers, who caught pneumonia from Hillary Clinton. Mm, weird. Yeah. Another uh, another sad ailment for Brian, but mm. uh, we must soldier on. And so let's talk a little bit about college football this week. Uh, our Missouri Tigers did not play. They're still licking their wounds after their horrific loss against LSU last weekend. Looking ahead to Florida, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to try to bring that eight-yard per carry clip down to somewhere around the neighborhood of six yards, hopefully. Yeah, if they do everything right. If yeah. Cross, does, dots his eyes, yeah, crosses you know, his T's. Pushes all, pushes all the right buttons, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dial it back a bit. Yeah, I am a little curious to see if we find a different schematic change to the way we've done defense. I do not expect to see that. I don't either. We talked about it last week. About right, it's how they it's their plan, and they told us it's going to take some time. Yeah. It takes a little time. And as I said last week, time has passed. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we saw against a very good team that the scheme doesn't work. Nope. F grade. Not. Well, Brennan, uh, it's not that this doesn't work against LSU. It hasn't worked against anybody except Delaware State. Right. But you, that, that's you, the thing. Hung a zero on those guys. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like it, it, I, I almost uh, am more forgiving of the fact it didn't work against LSU, but it hasn't worked against anyone. No, and then Florida, we know, has a stingy defense as they do almost every year. So, you know, if yeah, our... For, at the beginning of the football season, they were the number one defense in the country. Now, they've mm-hmm. slipped a little bit, but they've also been riddled with injuries on their defensive line, So, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the benefits to not having to play a game this week because they can get a little more time to get those guys healthy so they can really go in and thump the Tigers' tub. Yeah, that I mean, that is the problem with our offense, which can be prolific, as we've seen against lesser teams and against Georgia, but uh, without the benefit of having any respectable running game, they just can protect against the pass, and yep. and then they shut us down because if we can't throw, we can't play offense. Well, like I said, their front seven is banged up, which hopefully bodes well for our Tigers, mm-hmm. though. They have a strong secondary. They though. did not have to play this week. As those who may or may not know, Weather forced the uh, LSU 
Florida game to be canceled. Yeah, Hurricane Matthew really fucked up the SEC schedule this week. Sure uh, did. The LSU-Florida game, which is... He's is, obviously a Big Ten fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the LSU-Florida game didn't happen at all, and there's no plan to reschedule that matchup. And then, of course, uh, as we're recording this on Sunday, South Carolina and Georgia are facing each other because that game was postponed. Why Florida couldn't do the same? Uh, yeah, because know. Florida doesn't want to play LSU. End yeah. of story. Well, and it's wise on their part, I suppose. Yeah. After what we saw. Is that an option? <laughs> Could we have exercised that option? Could we just said, no, nah, no thanks. Thanks, yeah. but no thanks. We'll have to remember that in 14 years, and yeah. then you have to go back down there. Yep. But, yeah, so Missouri, you know, has no SEC wins on the season as of yet. We're, I think we're at two and three on the year, and uh, we're facing Florida. And, again, it's another one of those games where we're not supposed to win. If we were to win – it could really revamp our season and put us in line for at least a bowl game, which has been really our goal on the outset. It's mm-hmm. just to get us back into, into the bowl winning season. Well, again, like I said, we're not supposed to win. We weren't supposed to beat LSU either. And all we wanted from the LSU game was competitive play, make a showing at the very least. We did not. Right. So, you know, that is my expectation for Florida. Like, make a showing, fellas. Show up. Like I said, see if uh, DeMonte Cross can pull all the right levers, push all the right buttons, and dial that. Yards per carry back to six, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe even five. And um, <laughs> I don't, that's a, that's a lot to ask. Well, and you know, maybe we could get upwards of one, one and a half sacks. I mean, it would be. Let's 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 see if we can strive for that, guys. You know, we weren't supposed to win against LSU. We weren't supposed to get, win against Georgia. We at least showed up against Georgia, although we couldn't pull it off because you know we've seen the last two years we absolutely could not close. No nope. coffee's for closes only. If we were able to somehow manage to win against Florida, but if, after LSU, I have a lot less optimism about that than I did maybe going into the LSU yeah, game. LSU's a good team, but they have really destroyed my optimism for our season more than they probably should have, you know, because they are a good team. But it's just, you know, what I saw in LSU was a team that is just, you know, not ready, not prepared, not heads aren't in it, you know what I mean? And they, if you're, if you, your mind is fucked up, if you don't have it between the ears, you can get beat by anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's scary. What do you think, I guess, going into next week? We're playing in Gainesville, of course, which makes it that much more difficult. What do you think the Tigers' options are to actually get a win against this team? I just don't think we match up well against well, Florida. Well, certainly Florida's a better team than we were last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they are a little bit like us last year in that they have a really good defense and they have a very middling offense, which that's where the difference is. We had a terrible, terrible, terrible offense, mm-hmm. a hot, hot garbage offense. Hot, hot And they just got a, you know, a mediocre offense. Mm-hmm. But they got a really good defense, keeps them in any and every game. But uh, – our defense. I can't believe I'm saying this. Mizzou's defense is is such a liability. Who knows what we'll be able to do against them? Will we be able to stop Florida's offense? I mean, can you believe that that's the question we're asking? Uh, you know, it's crazy. Last year, we would have been like, well, let's see if our defense can carry us once again through a game. And this year, it's not even a consideration. I just expect our defense to be awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so frustrating because it's you know it's schematic. It's not talent. It's schematic. Yeah. Well, and, and you kind of have to wonder about what Florida will show up to against this porous defense that we have because Florida, you know, beat Kentucky 45-7 to and then barely squeaked out a win 13-6 to against Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, the difference but Vanderbilt being, has a really good defense. Yeah, well, and the, the other difference being the game that they looked really good in Kentucky, they were playing at home against Gainesville, or at, at Gainesville, and the game where they played poorly, they were at Vanderbilt. And so mm-hmm. we're... We're going to be on the bad side of that, where we're going to have to go to Florida. So I don't think you're going to expect them to lay an egg like they did against Vandy. No, probably not. 
I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's it's just this for our season to really take a turn for the positive over 2015. We have to beat one of the teams we're not expected to beat, and we didn't do it against LSU. We didn't do it against Georgia. I don't expect us to do against Florida, but by God, we're going to have to do it eventually because mm-hmm. we're running out of teams that we're, we're, you know, everybody else on our schedule, we're supposed to be at least in it and maybe favored, but we have to win all of those games. Yep. And we are not doing anything in the games that we have to step up. And then- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As we talked about last week, we just, we shit down our legs whenever we are in the, when the lights are bright. Well, I say, you know, if if Florida's offense, who, you know, everybody kind of seems to agree is mediocre, runs it up on Missouri and, you know, jams it up our ass. I feel like the press box super friends have to start asking some pretty tough questions of Odom and DeMonte Cross. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like those questions should be asked now. Well, and I do too, Brendan, but as you know, you know, we're fans and we quickly get hot under the collar about our mm-hmm. football team. The press always seems to take the, take it slow, you know, don't be overreactionary and the press is always a month behind the fans as far as starting to ask the questions that's, that's of what's wrong with our offense or what's wrong with our defense or what's wrong with this player. You know, the the press doesn't I eat for for whatever reason where they don't want to be considered reactionary or they just you know they don't want to make the coaches mad. And I think it's, that's especially prevalent in the Mizzou press. They just don't want to do anything that might in any way inhibit their access to Barry Odom or the program because it's already so limited. So the press box super friends are always trepidatious about doing that. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. But they're going to have to start asking because you've got once was a top 10 college defense in the last couple of years and now has turned into a just, you know, sieve mm-hmm. of just getting beaten like a drum. And you go, what's changed? Well, the coaches, mm-hmm. the scheme. And you lost Kentrell Brothers, which no doubt hurts, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt enough 
to make up this sort of huge deficit. Right. He can't cover all sides of the field. That's the thing. I, you know, you talked about how he well, wasn't playing eleven positions. <laughs> that's right. How fans can be reactionary, and there's pluses and minus to this. I think because the coaches and the press a lot of times are like, let's not be reactionary and make moves strictly off of what happened last week or whatever, which I get. But at the same time, it also means they can be slow to adapt to realities. And and in the last two years, when the fans have been reactionary and said there's a problem in this position or that position, they've been right. They've proved right as time has passed, only instead of having to react to it immediately, week in to week out, they've waited till four games have passed and Mm -hmm. and have continually refused to run Tyler Hunt, for instance. Yeah. So we shall see if Barry Odom's administration is any different than the Gary Pinkle administration when it comes to... Well, that was everybody's biggest frustration with Gary. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gary did what he did, and he was just unmovable Mm -hmm. on just about every topic. And going into LSU, that's what we saw in the Odom administration, too, because they... Not only did they not address the problems, they they didn't even appear ready to come to no. Baton Rouge and play. Well, that's that, you know, so that's the frustrating thing about coaches. It was frustrating about Pinkle, and hopefully will not be frustrating. But t- coaches tend to double down mm-hmm. on their bad decisions versus you know change them. It's it's crazy to me too because they got like Bill Belichick, who is this universally respected, vaunted coach who like is known for being like basically the best coach in football, college or otherwise, and. His biggest MO, the thing they brag about him the most for, is being endlessly changeable. Mm-hmm. You know, from week to week, his game plans, his defense. I mean, in the playoffs one year when they had to play Peyton Manning, he completely switched from like a 3 4 defense they've been playing the entire season and went to a 4 3 just to fuck with Peyton Manning, and it worked. Mm-hmm. But a coach willing to do that, and they like said, that's why Ever pats him on the back. That's why Bill Belichick's the greatest coach alive, yet no other coach on the planet seems to want to subscribe to that mindset, even though it's universally agreed that that's what makes him great. Right. So it's so frustrating, but we don't know yet. Listen, I'll be happy if Odom changes in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That to me is as much as you can almost ask of a coach. Probably, and of course, I'd like him to go Bill Belichick and just change it right now in the middle of the season. But if he's just not Gary Pinkle and he changes in the offseason, that would be good enough. Get away from this terrible, terrible, terrible defensive scheme they think is going to work for some reason. Well, I'd like to see it. I mean, yes, that would be good, but here we are in a bye week. We've got two weeks to prepare. Yeah, you're going to do it. This is the time. And, And it's not like we don't have the personnel who could adapt to going back to what was working before because almost everybody there is somewhat of a veteran. And well, even guys like that Joey Burkett or whatever his name is, who's yeah. playing linebacker, it's like it's not—they're not freshmen. You right. know, they played that scheme in practice all season last season. Mm-hmm. You know, they know it. And let's face it, it's not rocket science. Adapt, adapt, adapt. Well, and it makes me—and you know, ultimately, I wonder how big the schematic change is. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's a line it, change. I don't know that the linebackers, yeah, like the linebackers in the secondary. I mean, other than the, you know, they're probably preaching to the linebackers that. You know, these guys are going to job is they're going to eat up all these blockers. Now it's the linebackers' jobs to make the plays. You know, right. you got to get to the passer, you got to get to the running back, you got to make these explosive plays, which again belies, you know, that only works if your linebackers are really talented, too. Right. And right. so you got to identify your personnel and say, right now our defensive line is where the talent is at. So why wouldn't we put the emphasis in our defense on them? Nope, let's go to. The linebacking core, which is not bad. Shearer is a solid player. Newsom's a solid player. I don't know what the Burkett kid is yet, but well, they're, the Bur- not, they're not game-changing players. They're definitively worse than they were last year whenever the, the linebacker core was led by Kendrell Brothers. The only thing I think would change in the secondary is that last year we did have a few more safety blitz type stuff, but yeah. not that much. So we didn't rely on it. Most of our sacks came from 
from the defensive end position, not not any sort of safety blitzes. I don't know. I think if it were something that they would commit to, it could be done in a two-week period. I just significantly doubt that they're even going to try to well, change it. I think they're going to try to improve on the bad scheme instead of whether going back to the oh, old. Oh, I'm sure of that. I mean, and whether it's pride or if it's just, you know, they think they're doing the right thing, I guess the motives don't matter. The fact is, is it's probably not going to change yeah. for whatever the reason. And I do think a lot of time coaching staffs look at whatever the fans want as wrong because fans don't can't understand the intricacies of a football no, program. because football is rocket it, science. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely like a moonshot. Yeah. Yeah. So I... Fuck. We're not in the meetings, Brendan. We don't see all the minute detail and minutia that go into a football strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a bunch of idiots slamming into one another after a brown piece of pigskin. Yep, it's much of, more complicated than that. Yeah, it's definitely not a bunch of guys with a 2.4 GPA. <laughs> yeah. Going away a little bit from the Tigers, the, the implications of Florida not playing this weekend are very interesting for both the SEC East and the SEC, less so for the SEC West, but Florida is not, they're not going to reschedule this game. They're going to only have seven conference games this season. They've got one loss under their belt to Tennessee, who they're now tied with as far as wins are concerned. But you know Florida's looking ahead that Tennessee's playing Alabama next week. Mm-hmm. And they're probably counting that game as a loss to Tennessee. And they're thinking, okay, so we're going to have one loss. If we can win out, we can win this division. And why would we want to have one more really difficult conference game mm-hmm. under our our belts if we can get away with not having it. So you know Florida does not have any motivation to reschedule. Yeah, because ultimately, if if Florida has one more SEC win, then the head-to-head win that Tennessee has over Florida wouldn't really matter. Correct. So, you know, it would be kind of like what Missouri did with Georgia a couple of years ago. Georgia thumped our tub at home, but ultimately we had more SEC wins, so mm-hmm. therefore we go to Atlanta. Although that uh, that didn't satisfy a lot of, uh, a lot of Georgia no, no, fans. No, Georgia fans weren't happy about that. Yeah. But it's... it's, yeah. it's I'm getting. I'm ready to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to watch a Florida or a Missouri team that has not changed. I'm ready to watch all those rocket scientists out there <laughs> playing a game that only, only they could. I mean, listen, T.J. Moe played college football, so you know what? Doesn't you don't. Yeah, you don't have to be a fucking rocket scientist. Yeah, you know, we know he is not a smart man. <laughs> no, no, he's not. But he's good at flipping pancakes. Yeah, he is. He's IHOP manager of the year. Mm-hmm. I guess. That's all there is to really talk about with Missouri. I mean, I was digging for any sort of Mizzou news, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's been just, all quiet. Well, between, on the Western Front, between not having a game and Odom keeping practices on constant lockdown, mm-hmm. what is there to talk about? I mean, well, I was hoping just like they had the week before the LSU game, they would get a little access to Demonte Cross and mm-hmm. Coach Odom and some of the players. But they didn't, and so therefore we have nothing of substance to talk about. I would have loved to talk to a couple of the defensive players after that LSU game. Yeah, see what they really thought. Yeah, what do you think about this new scheme where you just got your ass handed to you? I just think Chuck Harris has to be so pissed off about he the way be. this season He should going. be. It is literally, you can hear the cash register in, in the back of your mind going, Money falling out of his pocket. Yeah, it's just falling out of his pockets as DeMonte Cross fucks his draft stock. So I think because we don't have a game, we're going to look ahead to what this episode is going to be about. We are going to talk a little bit about the SEC and what did go on. We're also going to open up the mailbag a little bit. We got a lot of emails from uh, listeners who had mm-hmm. some questions and some comments about both the show and the season for Mizzou. And then, of course, we'll always bring you Kansas news. Sure. So with that, I think we will take our first break and uh, come back and knock your fucking socks off. Boom. This is the Mazotcast. Stop! 
stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. They stink worse than Josh Augusta's jockstrap. The Mazad Cast. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Well, Colin, time to open up the old Mazad Cast mailbag. We got several people in this. We should have done that before just for the song. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Blues Clues. Um, so we had several people who emailed us during this bye week and, uh, had some questions for us, had some comments and things I wanted to air their grievances about. Sure. So this one comes from our good friend, Seth Marinbloom. Uh, he says, Hey, dum-dums. I find that offensive. Yeah. Where'd yeah. he come up with that line? <laughs> I don't know. What a dum-dum. Yeah. Fatoni seems to have really bulked up. If an NFL career isn't in his future, do you think the WWE contract could materialize? He certainly has the personality for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the name, too, Fatoni. Yeah. I think uh, Flying Fatoni or uh, something about his, his leg and kicking would be mm-hmm. a good persona yep. for, the, for the worldwide wrestling, whatever it is nowadays. His, his finishing move could be the third leg. <laughs> the Fatoni third leg. Yeah, well, certainly in those weird wrestling thongs, that could be, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, could yeah. work out well for him. Sure. It was a great question, but I don't know. I think if uh, Fatoni keeps it up, NFL is definitely job option number one. I think so. So thanks for, thanks for that. Who's our next email? It comes to us from uh, Philip Garrett, who says... Superfan Phil? Superfan Phil says, Salty extra sour grapes, hashtag fuck Missouri. Love your friendly neighborhood Mizodcast superfan, Phil. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I don't think that really needs comment. It just no. needs to say th- thanks for that, that Phil. Uh, we appreciate that kind of uh, support. Susan Hummel writes to us uh, with three questions here, Colin. How is the defensive plan used this year supposed to be an improvement over prior year's defense, which was highly rated? The answer is we don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, I think Susan clearly was just asking that to get our goat and yep. get us right in the old wheelhouse. And we spent the last 20 minutes talking about how we don't fucking know. That is an unanswerable question. <laughs> Uh, number two, uh, what would Nick Saban do if he was head coach at Missouri? Quit. <laughs> number three. There you have it. Uh, number three, don't you feel guilty for not covering wrestling? <laughs> we do. No, we don't. No. no. We get this question a little you bit. We do. People talk to us about wrestling. Like, oh. Why don't you guys talk about wrestling? And it's like, because it's wrestling? I don't, yeah, apparently a lot. Oh, we're of, really good at it. I get it. It's great. I'm proud of Mizzou for having a great wrestling team, but I have no interest in talking about it. I do feel like the people who are inclined to enjoy the Mazodcast style of entertainment must are the same type of people who enjoy wrestling. Yeah. They sound like a great bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, is it would be bad if we did try to talk about wrestling. We don't know anything about wrestling. No, we, we would don't. literally call the position, the starting position, and I don't know what it's called, where they 
guy, one guy's behind the other guy. We just call it dog fashion position. Mm-hmm. So they started in dog fashion position. Mm-hmm. And then they wrestled for a while, and then they pinned the other man mm-hmm. after dog fashion position. And we'd right. use a lot of terms like dog fashion position and, mm-hmm. you know. 69. 60. <laughs> yeah, they're 60, 90 now. Mm-hmm. Reverse know. cowgirl. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you guys don't want to hear us talk about wrestling. I don't know that those are not the right terms, but I don't know that they are either. I mean, I know, the only thing I know about wrestling is at some point during each match, one of the guys gives the other one hurries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and a really nasty cauliflower ear. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those sports. It's like there's really no professional rank, so to right. speak. So all you get for doing it your whole life mm-hmm. is no money and a fucking grotesque ear. <laughs> <laughs> so is it really worth it? It's kind of like a bad tattoo. Yeah, you know, at the time you're like, check this shit out, and then you've got another like 65 yeah. years to show the world what you've done to yourself. Smash Mouth is always going to be cool. That's why it's <laughs> on my chest. <laughs> So not to not to disparage wrestling at all. It's really good and cool for people who like it, but we're not those guys. No, right? no. and uh, I mean we we know so little about football to start out with. Yeah, good God! Imagine if we went to wrestling. No doubt. Uh, our next email is. I'm going to warn you. It's a little bit of a long one, Colin. That's all right. So uh, got time. This one comes from Gregory Michael, who says, "Dear Mazodcast, I'm 34 years old and a Mizzou grad. Every year since joining the SEC, a group of friends have traveled to test our livers." and respective wives' patience. This year was a triple whammy, as the trip included one, a perceived predestined loss, two, a trip to New Orleans, and three, Cajun tailgating. Needless to say, our wives and girlfriends were not thrilled by this year's destination. Yes, some relationships haven't made it the full five years since joining the SEC. Thankfully, mine is great. Thanks for asking. Anyway, in some year past 2026, when the Tigers play the Bayou Bengals, you all must go. As I have been now to road games in Athens, Columbia, South Carolina, Knoxville, Ole Miss, and Atlanta for the championship, the atmosphere at LSU is unbelievable. The stadium is huge, tailgating supersedes Ole Miss, and the fans were lovable, even if the vast majority had learning disabilities. (laughs) Random drunk college dude, see attached picture. So we'll hold that up for our satellite viewers. This dude was frantically trying to return his lady's shoes holding them to his face to either get better reception or because he has a foot fetish that rivals Rex Ryan. After his phone call... Or Truman the Tiger. <laughs> exactly. After his phone call came to an end, and he asked me and my friends if we were seniors, to which the only logical response was, Citizens? <laughs> tiger bait. I was called Tiger bait thousands of times by LSU faithful that seemed unfazed by my Ric Flair woos and menacing dad bod. I finally worked up the courage to challenge someone on this chance since we are Tigers as well. He was unsurprisingly stumped and wanted to talk about my home's proximity to a Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop. I then cornered a seven-year-old Zach Mettenberger clone to get his thoughts. Again, the question baffled him, and my query remains an enigma wrapped in a riddle surrounded by a mystery. I've gone longer than you likely wanted, but as Brian Goer so often says at Tokyo Spa, I may not be the biggest, but I last the longest. (laughs) I will leave you with one final anecdote from Baton Rouge. It became abundantly clear after our sixth sighting that wearing live snakes edge jewelry is a thing at LSU. So it's like uh, jean shorts at Florida or corn dogs at LSU. Apparently. He signs off sincerely Clay Travis's micro penis. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah. It was long, but it was an enjoyable read, so yeah. I appreciate that, Gregory Michael. Yeah, I, um, and now I'm starting to maybe regret not going to Baton Rouge again. Sounds like <laughs> it's know. a pretty, pretty good time. Yeah, I didn't have any um, bad feelings about it after the shitty loss, but it does sound like the tailgating experience is worth the while. 
Um, maybe I'd like to go when Missouri's not playing, so I don't have any yeah, there you go. emotions in it. Uh, next message comes from a, an old friend of the show, the Mizzou dude. Oh, yeah. So he says, hey, Brendan, Colin, and maybe Brian, if he didn't get super AIDS today and actually shows up. I wish he got super AIDS. Yeah. Uh, I just got regular old AIDS. <laughs> I've been listening for a year and a half now, and your hot garbage predictions. Hot garbage. And awful analysis. But it's always a good time to listen to the podcast that always has me laughing. Go Tigers and Cuck Fansus. Yeah, that's just a little uh, toot on our old horn there, which yeah, I always appreciate. Just a little cane polishing for us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Bye weeks are good time for cane polishing. Let's see. What do we got here? Oh, we got a, our final mailbag entry comes to us from Tom Teichel. Teichel? Teichel? I, you're going to have to help us with your pronunciation because we can barely read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, if Mark Mangino ate another human being and no one were there to witness it, could we prove him guilty? Probably not. Well, I, I, I dispute that, Colin. I'm going to go the different direction. I think the massive turd would tell the tale. <laughs> it'd be like a, it'd kind of be like an owl's shit. Yeah, be there'd like be whole bo- fingers in it. Whole bones and skulls and stuff <laughs> You like have that. to assume if Mark Mangino ate a human, he wouldn't do a lot of chewing. It would no, be a lot of holes. He'd unhinge his jaw like a snake and just swallow <laughs> him whole. Yeah, and that would be his undoing. Yep. I think in a court of law, whenever his massive, massive, massive turd were revealed. Hauled <laughs> in on a dolly. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to assume it's going to be in like a Denny's parking lot somewhere. You know, it's going to be easy to find. <laughs> yeah. Sitting next, larger than a fucking Prius. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I think you could get him. Yeah. I think we could. Uh, we could we, certainly catch him. We could catch the old mange. Yeah. I anyway. mean, those, those little those power scooters don't go very fast. We could, <laughs> we could, I'm sure that they could run him down. Yeah, the getaway vehicle isn't uh, isn't even OJ esque. Yeah. So. So anyway, Colin, that's that's the mailbag for this bye week. So I enjoyed huzzah. that. Yeah, yeah. huzzah indeed. Let's move along to more important things. Violets are due with three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story, Colin says, uh, Kansas man credits God and Dr. Seuss for hike inspiration. Okay. Wichita, Kansas, a 22-year-old Wichita man has hiked 2,190 miles of the Appalachian Trail through 14 states and is crediting God and Dr. Seuss for giving him the inspiration. Hmm. Joshua Gribble completed the Georgia to Maine 158-day trek on September 15th. Gribble said the motivation came from a 2015 church service in which he heard the pastor quote Dr. Seuss, You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. I've read that book several times to my children. Yeah. Why didn't you go on the Appalachian Trail? It didn't, didn't strike me. I mean, I guess I... The, you only had half the recipe. God wasn't <laughs> with you. Yeah. I didn't... You know, I only had Dr. Seuss. I didn't have God. Uh-huh. Though they have a lot of similarities. They both wrote fictional books. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, half our listeners. <laughs> I'm just... I'm joking. I'm a hardcore Christian. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Gribble, an avid hunter and angler, considered that as God nudging him, then prepped for the hike for a year before launching out on April 10th. Gribble came upon friendly residents who he called trail angels, including one who let him sleep in a barn out of the rain and fed him breakfast the next morning. Mm. Yeah. You know who else lets me do that? My own home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Gribble shivered through long, cold nights, hiked through horrendous heat, and endured heavy hail. One day, when Gribble's fatigue and frustration mounted, he saw a hand-carved cross placed on the trunk of a tree deep in the wilderness. 
a ray of sunlight shining directly on it. Gribble said his body and mind instantly felt better. And he was tumescent. <laughs> and after one of the most difficult days of his hike, he checked into a hostel and saw a frame sign that read, You're off to great places. Today's your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. What are the odds? Bum, bum, bum. Boom. It was a, it was. That's a nerve jangling experience for this young, mm, young man. Had to be. Mm. It was my Dr. Seuss quote. I think it was there for a reason, he recalled. I yeah, because from- it's a fucking mountain, and you're not the first person to read a wildly popular Dr. Seuss book, you fucking moron. <laughs> I knew from then on everything was going to be okay. Mm. He was, he was then, later attacked and raped by a bear like the reverend. <laughs> he just beat me to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is a typical Kansas man who uh, hears... Who's well? I mean, frankly, that was the peak of his reading yeah. reading level. So Doctor Seuss is huge in Kansas, just simply because it's the you know the lot, second grade reading level. Yeah, is, I was going to say a lot of the Bibles have been replaced by Doctor Seuss books just because the pastors can they can get through that. Yeah. This story is more of a follow up on the reporting we did last week, Colin. As you know, we're intrepid journalists we as are. always. Mm-hmm. This is titled "More Kansas Communities Report Creepy Clown Incidents." Mm, it's an epidemic. It is indeed. More Kansas communities are reporting creepy clown incidents following a rash of reports across the country. In McPherson, on Wednesday around 9 p.m., McPherson police said they responded to a disruption at a local business. Officers made contact with two male McPherson residents. One was wearing clown makeup in connection with the disruption. The investigation into the incident continues and charges may be filed. Dressing as a clown is certainly not illegal. I was going to say that the, the big thing about these stories is that always gets me. It's like, it's not illegal to be walking around in a clown outfit. No, it just makes you a fucking perv. I mean, have you, I mean, Jesus, have you ever went to like a, a homecoming game? Mm-hmm. Half the women are not intentionally dressing like clowns, but the makeup and the hair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are obviously. But I think the actual real clowns, it, while it is not illegal to do no, it. Holding it, a machete in a clown outfit, mm-hmm. probably <laughs> less legal. I don't. I, I, what I was just going to say is that while it is not illegal to dress as a clown, it is like we're holding I have a huge billboard that says I am a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's see. It is dressing like a clown is certainly not illegal, but disrupting a place of business, causing public alarm, or putting someone in fear of injury or bodily harm, are the department posted on its Facebook page. Selena, Kansas police said they received reports of a creepy clown sighting, social media threats, and vandalism. The department said in one incident, a person wearing a clown mask ran onto a school track during a sporting event and then quickly ran off. The incident was recorded and posted on Facebook. No one was hurt. No arrests have been made. Kansans, listen to this. This is my favorite quote in the entire story. This is what the cops had to say. Kansans are extraordinarily well-armed and independent population. (laughs) That is very true. Yeah, I think we know that to be the case. Frequently, residents do not wait for law enforcement to handle a situation they believe they can control. (laughs) Sure, sure. Uh, So, uh, Dodge City Police said that they've been getting reports as well of clowns going on to school property and committing acts of violence. The department said police investigate each report, but none have been substantiated. The department said in one incident, a student heard another talking about creepy clowns and made a Facebook page to scare the other students. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the clown epidemic is obviously going on around the country, but it takes a, a whole nother level. I can't believe it's gone on this long. I, I just, I cannot believe someone hasn't just blown a hole in one of these guys, and it's that's been the end of it. Well, the Kansas police are alluding to that very thing happening. Yeah, I just, it's going to. We know it is. Final story for the day. Kansas man sentenced to life for killing bride on her wedding day. Of course. It's kicked up a notch. I think last year we had a story where there was a guy who stabbed somebody uh, who was getting, who gotten married that day, was in an IHOP in full yep. wedding regalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this guy just killed a bride on a wedding day. 
A man has been sentenced to life in prison for a shooting death of a Kansas bride as she left her reception in her wedding gown. 39-year-old Thomas Earl Brown Jr. of Topeka was sentenced Tuesday for premeditated first-degree murder in the death of a 42-year-old Tiffany Davenport Ray and the attempted murder of her husband, Melvin Ray. The Topeka Capital Journal reports that under the sentence, he must serve at least 71 years. Prosecutors say shots were fired at the Topeka newlyweds from a sports utility vehicle in which Brown and two others were riding. This is the part that is very Kansas, if the story isn't Kansas enough for you. Prosecutors say Ray returned fire and wasn't wounded. <laughs> so this is his wedding day. Just a couple of guys exercising their Second Amendment rights. Yeah. From his, he, in, in, coming out of his own reception. He is armed. He is armed and ready to be shot at. Yeah. And and he was right to be so. Yeah. So, you know, very, very Kansans. I, this is, I'm assuming the girl's... Maybe it was in the story and I just missed it. This is the ex-boyfriend or ex-husband or something? It doesn't say. It doesn't Why say. is she shooting at these people? I don't know, but the it was a premeditated first-degree situation. Murder, yeah. So God only knows, but um, good Nobody's going to get that sweet poon but me. <laughs> bang, bang! <laughs> Last thing we have to report, and this is sad news for the Kansas community, of course. Kansas Jayhawks played a game of football on Saturday. They're still doing that, huh? They're still giving it a shot. Uh, they're still not having the same kind of results that they usually or that they're shooting for, pun intended. But But they they lost in a really close matchup to TCU this weekend, twenty four to twenty three. Wow! Wow! What does that say about TCU? Good well, God! In, in typical Kansas fashion, I think it must be noted that going into the fourth quarter, Kansas held a twenty three to fourteen lead, mm-hmm. and then Kansas stood away. Gave up 10 fourth quarter points and then... Like Kansas hard. Mm-hmm. So another tough week for the old Jayhawks. Uh, their record now stands at 1-4 and four with that big Rhode Island win. Still uh, the shining glory hole mark on their, uh, on their record. So. <laughs> glory hole is right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is uh, Kansas news. A glory hole and Kansas football have a lot in common. How so? Well, truckers both jam their cocks into them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> fair to say okay well colin i think let's take our second break and let's go around the horn in the sec okay hi i'm mike founder of dollarshaveclub.com what is dollarshaveclub.com well for a dollar a month we send high quality razors right to your door yeah a dollar are the blades any good no our blades are f-ing great so stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com and the party is on. The Mizodcast, your source for contagious erectile dysfunction. Loves football. Ah, the sound of SEC football or mid-season form now, and we've had a lot of games. Before we get into it, obviously, we need to fire up the old Paul Feinbot so he can join us to break down this week in the SEC. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you. So uh, here we go. We're, uh, well, like I said, midseason form now in the SEC. And let's look at the games that uh, took place this Saturday while our Tigers were on vacation for the bye week. 
I think um, one of the first games I'm going to bring up is the Alabama-Arkansas game. Alabama, obviously number one in the country, played, taking on Arkansas at number 16. That was, was an interesting game because Alabama won handily, but uh, Arkansas put up a lot of points. Alabama won 49-30, to 30, but putting up 30 points on Alabama, any team that does that, yeah. they've got to consider their offense side of the ball at least a success. Imagine what they'll do to our defense. Oh, fuck. But uh, Arkansas had no answer on the defensive side of the ball and could not stop them. And so clearly a 19-point win is pretty safe for Alabama. But this is a season we talk about almost every year, how the West is usually stronger than the East. Mm-hmm. I think this season particularly so. Yep, I mean, yep. well down the the docket, the West teams are pretty strong this year. And Arkansas now sits with two SEC losses. It's a pretty darn good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certain, and we got to face them, and I'm not looking forward to that matchup at all, no. especially – Especially the fact that they can put up often 30 points on Alabama's defense. Good Christ, what are they going to do to ours? Who God only knows. So uh, like they're going to fall in the polls, but I mean, not, not a terrible showing against an Alabama, I wouldn't say. Next is, obviously, we mentioned LSU in Florida, which was not just postponed, but canceled. Auburn took on Mississippi State. Auburn doesn't look great this year, but they're middling, I'd say, as far as West teams are concerned. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State doesn't look good at all, and they didn't look good at all this week. Uh, Auburn put it to them 38-14. to 14. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that uh, Mississippi State was, was born of having a good quarterback. Yeah. That was, guy's gone. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys now, uh, Dak Prescott, yeah. and uh, now they have returned to form. Yeah, and they are cellar dwellers. <laughs> cellar dwellers in the West, and Auburn took advantage. Uh, Kentucky played Vanderbilt, the two— Perpetual East Bottom dwellers that we need to beat. Kentucky pulled out a win, twenty to thirteen. Kentucky's got a good defense. Yeah, I think uh, this is. I mean, I know Vanderbilt always loses, but I think their coach has got to go. Yeah, I mean, you're getting beat by Kentucky. You're getting beat by South Carolina this time. Yeah, as soon as their their old coach went to Penn State, they've not had anything close to a winning season since then. And and we we got to beat them, frankly. I mean, their defense is not bad um, either, but uh, for a Vanderbilt defense, and so, but uh, second week in a row, I think they put up thirteen points, and they got to do better than that. They're going to win anything. Well, they've got Missouri on their schedule, so maybe mm-hmm. they'll get no. the chance to to loosen it up a little bit. Uh, there's another game that's going on as we speak right now, and that is the Georgia South Carolina game, which was postponed again due to Hurricane Matthew. Georgia just scored a touchdown early in the fourth quarter, putting them up 21-7 to over South Carolina. Georgia's a team that uh, is not that good, but uh, they're clearly better than South Carolina. And assuming that uh, the lead holds with a, with a two-touchdown lead going in, you know, or a lot of time left in the fourth quarter, it looks like South Carolina might fall to one and four in conference play. That's shocking because I thought Will Muschamp would really invigorate that program. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, obviously. Not sure about that. That that does it for the entirety of the SEC schedule. Obviously, we're in the middle of conference. We didn't play. talk about Tennessee, did we? Oh, did I leave somebody off? Yeah, sure. That wasn't intentional because I love Tennessee football. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. Tennessee, who has been touted highly all season long, and they've won a lot of games, but all the games have looked bad. Yeah, by almost the uniformly. Ass, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, Butch Jones made some sort of deal with the devil this season, mm-hmm. and uh, they came into this game five and zero. But it was a huge matchup against Texas A and M, both top ten caliber teams. They played in College Station. Texas A and M tried to give this game away. They really did. Yeah, they went into they tried to Kansas it up. Mm-hmm, they went into the fourth quarter and gave up twenty one points to Josh Dobbs and company, and allowed Tennessee to tie it up at the end of the game with about forty one seconds left. 
Texas A&M then marched down the field and put themselves in field goal position. Colin, did you watch any of this game? No. Okay, well, let me just tell you what happened. Sit Please. down and prepare for me to spin you a yarn. Yeah, they had a 35-yard field goal to win it with eight seconds left. The Texas A&M kicker then put together what could be one of the worst-looking 35-yard field goals <laughs> I've see ever that. seen. I saw a lot of memes about this oh, on, on uh, Christ. Or memes on, on Twitter about this. It, I mean... He had the leg, but it couldn't have been further from the goalpost <laughs> if he tried. I mean, it almost looked like he'd been paid to miss that kick. Mm-hmm. It was miserable. And so they went into overtime. Tennessee got the ball first, kicked a field goal. Then A&M came up short on their drive and were required to once again try to kick another field goal to win it or to tie it up and send it back into second, uh, second overtime. Everybody was biting their nails after that last kick, and the kid knocked it right through the middle and uh, sent it into double overtime. This time, A&M got the ball first and scored a touchdown on a uh, Trevor Knight run, tough-looking one, and uh, put the pressure on Tennessee. Josh Dobbs, the star Heisman-caliber quarterback, on the first snap, then tossed an ugly, hideous ball downfield, which A&M intercepted and... Game over. Game over. That does sound like a real corker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ultimately, they butched Jones pretty well. But uh, they haven't been Butcher Jones in this season like they had in the past. No. Well, there's always that season's not over yet, Brennan. Mm-hmm. But of course, as soon as Tennessee lost, all the pundits were getting on there saying they lost. But boy, that was a good game. Boy, that's one of the one for the ages. Tennessee's mm-hmm. still a favorite to win the East. Hell, they may go up in the polls. Jesus. Yeah. Only team who could lose, and then uh, the pundits say, "Yeah, win again. We think they're going to win it all." Mm-hmm. So, but I'm so happy to finally see. Tennessee get a smear on their record. Well, they should have three times already. I mean, you mm. can't you can't fritter you can't be down twenty one points in every single game and come back and win all of them. No, at and, some point and, you're going to have to try and be in the lead for the entire game. And the whole college football media community it treats it like it's a it's a positive that they get down by twenty one points every fourth quarter. But yet, like you said. You can't you can't expect magic every time. You can't expect every team to be like Georgia and leave you a wide open hail mary touchdown pass. Nope. Every time. Anyway, they uh, as we mentioned, they play Alabama next week, and that'll be the first one we Blood mentioned for next bloody. week. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that is the reason Florida doesn't want to play next week because you know they fully expect Tennessee to put attack on a second conference loss, mm-hmm. and I do too. I mean, you know, Alabama looks good every game. They played a tough Arkansas team this. year week and beat them by 19 they they look good every week tennessee looks bad every week and they have virtually the same record but Mm -hmm. i think that i don't think we're going to see another nail biter finish out of tennessee coming into week seven paul what do you think about alabama versus tennessee who do you think was going to win that one alabama is that a shocker to you no no, i mean if there was ever a time where you know i thought you know paul likes tennessee a lot it's the it's the only program i think he would pick over tennessee i don't agree of course you don't, Paul. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. I have programmed him well. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah, he's a contrarian. He's that a Paul Finley. <laughs> okay, I, I give up. You're right. I'm wrong. All right, Paul. Easy. Uh, yeah. He's getting, don't overheat. You get a little sassy this season. Little, I don't know what you did in those upgrades. Yeah, he's a little more cantankerous. You've been watching Westworld on HBO, Colin. <laughs> I feel like I have. It's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I, I, tell me if if I'm wrong, but I feel like they may have stolen the concept from us and the Paul Finebot. Actually, I think that's based on a rather old book. So, Are you maybe. sure it's not based on the Paul Feinbot? Well, it certainly might be. Maybe I've got a lawsuit on my <laughs> if hands. If anybody doesn't watch it, the show is basically there's androids that live in an old Westworld, and uh, they're very they're very similar characteristics to the Feinbot. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, let's move down the docket. Uh, the, there's a Friday night game next week. Mississippi State will be playing BYU. Uh, BYU's three and three. Mississippi State is two and three. It's going to be a Provo Utah. So I'm going to go ahead and give the win to BYU just by nature of Mississippi State being bad and being on the road. Yeah, no, I I could go with that. Typical SEC non-conference game, right in the fucking heart of the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanderbilt will be facing Georgia, so Georgia's going to go from South Carolina to Vanderbilt, and I expect them to pad their record against mm-hmm. Vandy again. It's uh, it's going to be in Athens, so, so that'll help. Essentially, going to have they've got back to back bye weeks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Although uh, it's not like South Carolina's out of this one; they're just down by two two touchdowns. But uh, yeah, uh, you got to expect uh, Georgia to beat both a South Carolina and a Vanderbilt. Paul, who do you think Vanderbilt, Georgia, Georgia? Okay. Ole Miss will be facing Arkansas in Fayetteville. Uh, Ole Miss this year's three and two, one and one in conference, and of course, as we mentioned, Arkansas. This will be interesting because Ole Miss likes to score lots and lots of points. Yeah, Ole Miss is that what somebody said the best bad team in the, in the division mm-hmm. this year, and yeah, they do score a ton of points. Of course, Arkansas, as we mentioned, put up thirty against Alabama. So who knows? Could yeah, I would have picked Ole. I would have told. I would have picked Ole Miss in a laugher before mm-hmm. this performance against Alabama. Well, it's in Fayetteville too, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that could be a good matchup. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe – I think I'm going to go ahead and pick Ole Miss, although I don't have much faith in that. Paul, who do you think is going to win this one? Arkansas. So Ugh. LSU is going to go off of their uh, forced bye week, and they're going to play Southern Mississippi in uh, Baton Rouge. So Jesus Christ, one of those shitty non-con middle-of-the-season games. I'm sure Paul will give them the business on the show this week mm-hmm. about playing a shitty non-con schedule. Yeah, no, he will not do that because he loves – LSU final game we have on the docket next week is Missouri versus Florida number 18 Florida 4 and 1 2 and 1 in the SEC will take on Missouri in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Gainesville thoughts Colin well we talked about it and uh, we expect to get to big thrashing basically mhm but again all i hope for is just some competitive football none of this 49 to 7 horse shit mhm i would you know i need to see some improvement on the defense or i'm going to fucking come unglued <laughs> i'm sick of this yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't pick Missouri anymore in games that, uh, you know, I can't. I just can't pick them to win games that they're not favored. Because even the offense is better. It's inconsistent, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the defense has just played bad. Right. So you've got one side of the ball that is inconsistent, one side of the ball that is just flat out bad. Mm-hmm. And that is not a recipe for wins. Agreed. Uh, Paul, who do you think is going to win, Missouri or Florida? Florida. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think Missouri even stands a chance in this game, Paul? He is really getting cantankerous. Who is Drew Locke? Yeah, well, he's our quarterback. He's been our quarterback for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there you have it. That's that's the SEC for this week. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at Missouri to uh, tack on another loss, be two and four after the end of, uh, of week seven. Yeah, it's not Depressing pretty. to say. Yeah. Fuck. You know, we got to win out, essentially, if we're going to have any hopes. We were five and seven last year, and we could easily, easily, easily be that way again. Ugh. Let's just wrap up the old SEC around the horn. Before we sign off, we've got some business to attend to, Colin. We've got some awards to give out. And, and uh, I think the first one, of course, is the uh, TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Yep, here we go. Douche of the Week. It's a tough one with Missouri not playing. You know, we're not as tuned in to the college sports world as we might ordinarily be. But I think there was something that happened after that Tennessee game that, uh, courtesy of one of our good listeners, been to clue, clued us into sports writer by the name of Dan Walken, who writes for the USA Today, college football sports writer, 
uh, he was asked how far Tennessee might fall in the polls after that loss, and his response was, I wouldn't drop them at all. Might even move them up. Good, good, sweet Christ. Now you understand why the rankings are an abortion most weeks, when you have men like this doing the voting. Yeah, Tennessee loses, and he's going to vote them up in the polls. That is fucking hot garbage. Yeah. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. So I, I guess, I mean, that seems very douchey to me. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, he's a complete douchebag. Yes. I don't think anybody can argue that. Yeah, so, I mean, his, wife or ch- his wife and children probably can't argue. Yeah, I think unless you have another uh, candidate, I'd say he's the douche of the week. He is the douche of the week. Douche of the week. So we don't have a player of the game to award the oh, Golden Flax and yeah, Kirk Farmer's Hair Award this week, but we do have, I'd say, Tweet of the Week, Colin? Well, it's kind of a Tweet of the Week. It, it all started with a tweet by ESPN's Dana O'Neill, who tweeted out, Pitt and West Virginia announce four-game series and renewal of rivalry. Well done. Hey, Kansas, Missouri, are you paying attention? To which Mizzou, the actual official. University of Missouri's official account, tweeted, yes. And then Kansas uh, University tweeted a gift from the sh- movie Mean Girls, being, mm-hmm. why are you so obsessed with me? And then Mizzou went back and basically said... It became everybody. a Mean Girls War. Yeah, it became a Mean Girls War, which Mizzou, I'm glad to say, won. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was kind of fun to see these two uh, universities' official accounts go at one another. What was the Mean Girls response that Mizzou had to that? Uh, there's a scene in the movie where she basically says, you think everybody's in love with you, but they actually everybody hates you. That's mm-hmm. what Missouri tweeted uh, back to uh, Kansas. Yeah. And uh, I can't say that they're wrong. Right. So, And uh, the, the th- fact is, I think it should be reinforced, these were the official accounts of the two universities. Yeah, why would we have, a, why would we have play each other? It's not like there's any sort of rivalry <laughs> when the two universities' goddamn Twitter accounts go at one another. I mean, this is ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous, and I can't understand why Kansas' response is like, oh, we don't even care. Why do you guys keep talking about us? Everyone loves a college fucking rivalry. Well, and the, Everyone does it, except for the University of fucking Kansas. If anybody's listened to this show for the past two years, I've said it a hundred times, what would Kansas have done in Missouri's shoes? They mm-hmm. would have just said, nope, we're going to stand on our principle and stay with this dumpster fire of a conference that is losing teams left, right, and center. Missouri had an opportunity to go to the SEC when their conference was a garbage dump, and no one wanted Kansas, mm-hmm. so Kansas, therefore, had to stay, and now they got a big case of butt hurt over it. Well, and as the Pitt-West Virginia thing shows, that you do not have to be in the same conference to have a rivalry. I mean, look at South Carolina versus well, Clemson. I think we can all just pray that Bill Self dies in some sort of fiery accident, because mm-hmm. I think probably more than anyone else, he's the one holding up this as, as, as much as anything. I think that's right, and I think the, the Lemming Kansas fans are just holding that company line. They'd like to see the rivalry renewed as well. They just can't say it because they're cult leader, and Bill Self tells them not to. <laughs> yeah. Well, Colin, there's another, speaking of Twitter, there's another something I wanted to mention. One of our listeners is starting his own podcast, and he would ask if we should give him a shout-out, and we're happy to do so. There's a new sports podcast called Roundtable Sports, and you can follow them on Twitter at RTSPprod, and I guess they have a YouTube account as well, so look up Roundtable Sports Podcast. Give them a listen. Yeah. So as they're good enough to listen to us, we're certainly happy to give them a little plug. Yeah. Subscribing now. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to mention on the Twitter box is that we started a, a little side Twitter project as well uh, called Mizzou Swear Jar. And this was sort of an outcropping of the terrible loss at LSU and losses much like that in 2015 where when you're super upset with your Tigers and you feel like cursing and swearing, uh, we suggest you at Mizzou Swear Jar and... and 
go have at it. And then, we're, of course, we're going to look for those types of unhinged tweets, and we'll retweet it on that account as well. And we think it could be a lot of fun because if the season continues to go as it has, that could fill up that Twitter account pretty fast. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. This season in and of itself could make that a very popular account. And it's October 9th now when we're recording this. I think it's very, very, very important to mention we have had a campaign ongoing for the last couple months, and that is to bring Stag Beer to Barry Odom on October 21st, the yep. day before our homecoming game against Middle Tennessee. As we all know, Barry Odom loves Stag Beer, mm-hmm. and we love Barry Odom. And so before that big game, we'd like everyone to get a six-pack, a 40-ounce or a 12-pack case. He likes Keg. the cases. Uh, yeah, keg, and take it to the Missouri Athletic Training Complex and just deliver it to the Barry Odom office and tell them it's from, from you and from us. And we're going to make sure that Barry Odom is stocked on stag for homecoming. So be sure to bring Barry stag. You'd also bring Jameson for Tucker McCann, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Corey Fotoni uh, particularly likes grappa. Yeah, good after meal mm-hmm. liqueur for Corey, yeah. a little grappa. Yep. Anyway, but uh, but certainly bring the stag to Barry. So, mm-hmm. anything else you want to bring up before we close this thing out, Colin? No, I think I've had all I can take of a bye week. Yeah, I've had all I can take of you. So we should close it up. We've had a lot of fun. Be sure to uh, tweet at us at Mazodcast. Send us your emails at Mazodcast.com. Until then, this is the Mazodcast M I Z Z O U. Smash Mouth is always going to be cool.